I had somebody request this topic and request that I talk about this. And the topic is broken promises in honoring your word. You know, how important is our word? And this isn't only meant for someone who walks the path of a knight or of a light-sided, a light, a light-oriented warrior type path. Uh, this is for regular people who aren't being crappy to each other. I mean, this stuff applies to just people trying to be good and people trying to be decent in the world. But this topic was requested, and so I posted. Let me see if I can find it here because I'm all over the place. I posted a question over at the KOA discussion page because I wanted to see what people thought before, you know, before I did this, uh, recorded this segment. I posted the following. My word is my bond. What say you about this statement as it applies to not only knighthood but being a good person? And I got a lot of good comments, Charles. The large chunk of those are you. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I had to bring you over here so you could... Uh, talk about this and we're not going to read all of your comments and stuff we'll just talk about it straight out but this is something that's important to people right i mean this nobody wants to hang out with a dude at least i don't think so at least i don't no one wants to hang out with people or have people in their life who are constantly and i'm not just talking like you know maybe once or twice here and there people who are constantly breaking their their word breaking their promises and i'll give you some context to this i didn't give you guys context in the page because I wanted to see your raw, just quick response to just a statement, you know, your word is your bond. It's an old statement that goes way back and it invokes a lot of different feelings for people. And I really wanted to get that raw feeling from folks. That's why I didn't provide any context, but I'll provide some context now. So this young person has friends who they bend over backwards for. They, they always are keeping their word. They're always keeping their promise, the, the, the person who requests this topic. Yet they're surrounded by people who are constantly, constantly flaking, constantly letting them down, constantly not showing up when they say they're going to or not, you know, just breaking, breaking their promises, breaking their word all over the place. And it's to the point where it's almost like a, at an abusive level, if that makes sense. It's not really abuse, but you know what I'm saying. Like they're abusing the friendship, if that makes sense. They're abusing mm -hmm. this friendship by constantly, constantly, all the time, not honoring their promises or honoring their word as if they are without honor, right? As if, as if this person means nothing to them, even though this person bends over backwards for them. So that's the context of the question. And, you know, I know it's kind of a dirty thing for me to do, but, but I always like to see the raw, the raw responses because that's where people you know, be, get passionate and then, and then it makes for a really good, it makes for a really good conversation because then we can start nitpicking things and, and, you know, and keep it going, um, which is happening right now at the KOA page. You should, you guys should check that out um, and join in if you got some, you know, you guys have an advantage now that they didn't have because now you have the context, but you know, Charles is, you guys can't see Charles, but he's looking at me uh, like, you know, you bastard. I didn't know that's what you were talking about. My response may have been different, but who knows? So let's get into this, and, and I'll get you started off, I, because I know, so before, before the live recording, uh, I couldn't get Charles to shut up about this topic, because I wanted him to, you know, save it for the show, and he was just all over me, man, so I, I'll get you going, and then I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you loose on an unsuspecting world, okay? So, Roar. When, we, when we hear this thing, you know, your word is your bond, for me, 
some of these words that, that are invoked in my mind when I hear this or, or when I feel this, when I think about this, uh, things like truth, integrity, you know, trustworthiness, honor, virtue, morality, righteousness, just to name a few. I mean, I could go on all damn night probably, um, and I would use uh, Google to help me, but you, you get it, right? You get the point. For a guy like me, and I think for most people in the modern world, when we hear the word honor, I think most people relate that now to integrity, right? Just They just kind of resulted that down to te- integrity because honorable things that were things of honor back then, like you and I meeting up on a grassy knoll and shooting at each other in the name of honor and manliness or whatever, we don't do that stuff anymore because, you know, shooting at people is not good unless, you know, there's something else going on there. But not in the name of honor, right? So... I think everybody has kind of moved to the to, to the word integrity to replace honor, which you know is fine with me. But so you know, and, and and again, before I before I cut you loose, this very topic, in many ways, as I said earlier, kind of goes back to that video on shaming, and we talked about that. When I say to you, your word is your bond, um, and I talked, and I'm asking you about broken promises and honoring your word. Now that you have context. What is your response now? Well, first I want to clear up. I already kind of knew what it was about because there's only a few reasons why someone would bring a topic like this up. But I had to play devil's advocate. Having it out there that you know what we're referring to is someone that continually breaks their word. <sighs> this is a very rough situation because now you've got to ask why or what bonds you have to this person, what you've been through with them that makes it worth being around them. And for the person who wanted this explored, I've been in your shoes. I've maintained friendships with oath breakers. I've maintained friendships with terrible people that could not be relied upon for anything. I mean, like if, if, Oh, if if you if you were dying and it just took a phone call to save your life, they'd be busy, you know, because there were good memories. You've got to ask yourself at what point you are losing personal honor to maintain this friendship with that person. That's what you've really got to ask at that point knowing the context of it. But I have to put that this is dealing with the context of a very specialized situation. Most people, most people break promises from time to time. Not all. And almost everyone can be put into a situation where a promise is made to be broken. There are meteorites hit the earth once in a while. Crap goes down, things get bad, and you simply cannot fulfill a promise. It's not that it would be hard to fulfill the promise. It's that it would be dangerous to life or limb to do so in a way that would be unreasonably expected or people might die from fulfilling the promise. It's rare, but when it happens, you know, I think just about everyone will break promises and break oaths in situations when they do come up. It is very rare. But when you have someone that breaks promises just to see how many more promises they can break, you're actually lessening your sense of honor, your sense of self, and the way other people see you. They know that you associate with this person of no of no honor, and thereby 
you yourself have no honor. Now, you have to gauge that not based just on the perception, but also about how that makes you feel about yourself. You have to look and see if it makes you feel lesser. And if the real reason you're mad at them for breaking their promises is not that they broke their promises all the time because you've expected it by that point, but that you allowed them to get your hope up. And see, hope, like any other virtue, has a dark aspect to it. Hoping that someone does better is great until you start betting on them doing better. At which point, you better make sure you have a good reason to bet. I always say, don't gamble unless you know you're going to win. Situations like this, most people, especially those who are nightly or see themselves as nightly, ran into this topic. Coming at it, believing it was exactly what it appeared to be. I think that's great. And I'm more than willing to address that here and now. Yeah, don't consort with those of no honor. It does nothing for you. And eventually they're going to put you in a bad situation. Eventually they're going to promise something on your behalf to someone or worse yet, they're going to get you to promise something on your behalf that is dangerous or that you cannot fulfill because they don't see it as a big deal. They don't see any value in it. So they don't see any value in your word any more than they do in their own. And that's a dangerous person to be around. That person will bring you into more calamity, more issues, more problems. And even if they don't do all of that, they're just going to break your heart. And there's no value in that either. That's my takeaway on it. Somebody brought up the comment that there is a realistic aspect to this. And of course there is. Those of us who come running, like you said, often, oftentimes come from from that back back from that romantic ideal of slay the dragon, and that's not bad. I just want to put that out there. It's not bad. It's not good. It's not bad. It's it, it's 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 of no mind. It's it's it it's just there. Okay. Uh, again, inspiration is inspiration. I'll never knock somebody who's inspired by something good to try and do good. However, there is a realistic component to this. Uh, you know, as you said in, 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 in the majority of your responses. And I was kind of poking you a little bit, um, but I think everybody could see that. And, you know, you know I was poking you just, just to try to squeeze more juice out of you, as it were. But, you know, I, I gave up trying to squeeze juice out of Travis. That fool, I mean, <laughs> I... Uh, I scratch at him and he gives me a two-word response. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm poking at him because he knows it. Because him and I have talked about it, you know, a million times over in, in private. That, you know, trying to get blood from him is like trying to get blood from a turnip, man. It just can't, you can't get anything out. Uh, but, Trip, but there Travis is a, pulls the old, he pulls the old Derek uh, Thompson on you. Remember, remember back in the, the days of Ashland Heights, Master Thompson would come in. And there'd be a question that could be answered with one word. Like, uh, I think my favorite was still, should gay Jedi have to be married? And he put in all caps across the screen, the biggest font he could find, no, and then done and locked the thread. That's yeah. what Travis does. He gives you, he gives you, you know, should you trust people that tell lies? No. <laughs> 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 well, thank you, thank you, O Font of Wisdom. 
And in a way, I respect that. I, I really do. But, you know, the point of a discussion board is to create discussion and have fun with it. But uh, I love you, Travis, and you know that, my friend. But there is a, there is a realistic uh, component to this, and, and there's something we're forgetting. It's expectation versus expectation, right? There, there are expectations, as you alluded to just a, just a few minutes ago. Now, I always believe that, that people in a relationship, any kind of relationship, should never have expectations that aren't agreed upon, right? Because if you put an expectation on somebody in your life without their consent, you are dooming them to fail. They're going to, I promise you, they will fail you. Because in your mind, that expectation is set in stone. It comes from a place of, uh, of, of right action. And it comes from a, from a steadfast stance on your beliefs and your truths. You are dooming them to fail. Because truth is, is really a subjective thing, isn't it, in this world? Um, but... It also goes back to, to doing what we say we're going to do. Because that's what turns truth not as a subjective thing, but as a real thing. If you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, well, then that truth is just still elusive. But if you say you're going to do something from the center of your being and you do it, then that person knows what your truth is or, or they at least know that you... Not so much your truth, but if you're constantly walking the talk, then they know what to expect from you. But when you, you know, you said something earlier about consorting with those of no honor. And that's a very romantic idea, right? I mean, it's in all the stories and all the books. It was like, have at thee, knave. And they just go to kill each other. Like, there's no discussion. There's no, you know, hey, man, how's your mom been? They go to killing each other, right? Because... One person is perceived to have no honor. One person is perceived to have all the honor. All of the honors in the whole world is, is theirs. But that's very romantic and it's not true. It's not real. Um, and it comes, boils down to, for me, it boils down to expectations. You know, when you put expectations on people without their permission, without their consent, you're dooming them to fail. And they are going to let you down. They'll let you down because that expectation is, is on you. It's not on them. However... The context of this uh, of this topic kind of narrowed it down a little bit, but it even the rabbit hole even gets even tighter once you put more context to it. Right? Uh, what if this person that keeps letting you down is your parent, is your guardian, is your father or mother? You know, then it really gets really hard to to tackle this because you you are tied to them in one way or the other. Now, you don't have to be, and I'm never suggesting that you ditch your parents or whatever. It's not what I'm saying. But this goes back to both of the topics we talked about earlier. Your video and the selfish person, whatever it was called, video. This all goes back to that because you, you have to make these determinations. You have to make these, these choices where are you even going to waste your time with somebody who is never good to their word? And if it's, not a, if it's not something that's sudden, like, for example, if, if this person was always, you know, up, upstanding and good, good to their word and always did you right, but then all of a sudden they stopped doing it, then you might have cause for complaint. But if this person was always kind of a dirtbag, 
At, at what point do you say, wow, maybe it's me because I'm putting these expectations on people and they're never going to follow through, as you said. Your, your honor, your word means nothing to them. It never did before. Well, if I may, um, you hit on, and I don't know that the person who brought this topic up was specifically speaking on their parents, but if they were, this is where it does become very rough. Because on some level, I don't want to say you've got to understand where they're coming from, but you probably do understand that they don't want to look bad to their child. No parent wants to look poorly to their child. So a lot of parents make promises they can't keep. And this actually reminds me of my own uh, dearly departed. Do I have any love for my father? Jury says no. So my thankfully departed father, I know one of my cousins is going to hear this and hit me on it. Um, I don't care. Really. My thankfully departed father was really big on making promises he could not keep. And it was always tomorrow, next week, next year. I, I am very much... Uh, I, I recognize the need to break a promise from time to time. Um, but I also see a promise being something that is as best as can be expected, whereas an oath is something you can only give on things that you can definitely hold to. And even then, oaths have limitations. You know, as I always say, there's always that one meteorite that can fall out of the sky. But with parents, one of the things that you'll note is that they're often looking for that reassurance that they've done well by the child or that the child loves them because they are beating themselves up so, so bad about everything they haven't done or everything they've done wrong. And in this case, without knowing all the details it really leads my mind into they've done quite a lot wrong and they, they failed more often than succeeded. And just in general, not just in promises, but in all of what it means. That may not be the case. That may be me reading into it. I may be seeing my father, the ghost of, of Charles McBride senior, uh, you know, echoing his, his voice, you know, whatever, whatever's left of it after the, the, the smoke got his lungs from all the cigarettes he smoked. But, uh, you know, maybe I'm hearing the voice of him in in this report now. But regardless of that, I can tell you that they do it mostly because they want their children to love them. They want them to look up to them. They want that response that a child has when you make the promise. And the child has the response. You know, will you take me to the fair tomorrow? Yes, I will. Really? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, even though they know they're not going to be able to because they work tomorrow. They don't want to disappoint because in their mind, it is worse to say I cannot or I'm not sure than it is to have given you hope. And I don't agree with them, uh, especially if it's something they have more control over. If it's like, well, are you really going to quit drinking? Yes, yes, I will. Um, well, screw you, you better quit drinking. That's within your power. I, that's, that's not even like work told you you had to come in and you need the job to provide for the kids. That's, you said you're going to quit drinking, you do it. There is no other force stopping you other than your own willpower. But I don't know all the details. 
So I can I can see two very very broad sets of examples where in which the parent is trying to reassure the child and doesn't want the child to think poorly of them. And I do not say this is honorable, but I have compassion for them for wanting to give the child hope or wanting to try to be there for them. And then the other side of it, you know, they break the promises just because they can break the promises. Oh yeah. We'll hang tomorrow after lunch an adult and a child you know type of scenario where they're they're uh, uh, an adult child and an adult parent obviously are in this well i, I should say uh, a, a child who is an adult and a parent who's who's of age there <laughs> who is who is uh well past come of age not necessarily an adult because an adult doesn't make plans for lunch if they can't hold to them you know it's like when you ask if i wanted to do the show I always say, yeah, I'm going to try to be there. You almost never get me to say, oh, I'll be there. Because I run a business. Hell, I don't even tell my clients I'm going to get things to them today or tomorrow. I say, I'm going to try, barring emergencies or acts of God or things coming up in the family. And I do that so often. And I, I, I tell, I've talked with a couple of clients and been like, yeah, it feels like such a cop out. And they're like, no, no, no. You're, at least you're, you're the most honest person I deal with all day long. <laughs> because... There are so many things you can't control, even in business, that it's it's insane. I so my heart goes out to the to when it's a parent with a young child and they're trying to do their best, and they don't want the child to always feel like they can never do or never hold to never achieve these things that the child wants. But at that point, that parent needs to grow up a little and not make the promises all the time. I have compassion for them. I understand why they're lot. doing what they do. <laughs> for the child. For the child, they need to grow up as well and recognize that they cannot ask the parent these things that are beyond their means in that type of situation. Now, if it's just the if it's a dinner date example that I gave, and if I, if I ripped that from the mind of someone to you, bless me for it. Um, I, I feel like I did the worst part. I don't know if it's your laugh or if I'm just psychic. But with the dinner date example, at that point, is on the child to realize that their parent is not someone they can depend on and to treat them with respect if they've not crossed the line too far with love if they've not crossed the line too far and to kind of I am so harsh everyone you've got to remember I had nothing to do with my father after he tried to blame the marriage problems of him and my mother on on her when he was sleeping around and and wanting all levels of perversity from her that she was not into. I so I I, I cut ties with him without even thinking about it after she died. So I'm a harsh person and take this as understanding how harsh a man I am. But uh, if they've reached that point, I would even cut the ties of love. I would be like, look, we share genetic code. I share genetic code with monkeys too. You don't see me calling them. And I would be that clear and that harsh, but I'm, I'm a bulldozer on things like that. If you are always canceling on me, I really don't care who you are. If you're always failing me, then you are always failing me. I, I become Darth Vader. You failed me for the last time. Choke slam, you know, but that's me. I am I'm, I'm a very, very harsh man. I have a lot of forgiveness. 
but don't <laughs> use it all up. And I recommend to the child, have a lot of forgiveness. But if it's all used up, look at them and say, hey, look, you know, before we had this deal where you were the parent and I loved you and I forgave you and I was the child and, you know, you shat on me. The terms of the deal have been altered. Pray I don't alter them further. I'm only laughing because you're actually a Boy Scout in, in uh, compared to what I'm about to say. Um, and I'm going to hit on a couple points that, that you made because... Kill them! Um, Kill them in cold blood <laughs> and drag their body over to the church steps so that all will know. No, not that bad? No, 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 not quite that bad. But look, I have zero compassion for a parent who constantly lies or blows their kid off. And I don't care how old the kid is. Okay? But I don't have any compassion for him, especially with your example with the young child going to the fair. No, you're a, you're an asshole if you get your kid's hopes up all the time, knowing damn well you're not going to do what you say you're going to do. With that example, you are a piece of crap. And somebody should spank your ass and teach you a lesson because you don't... That kid's going to grow up look, be, being just like you. And they're going to treat somebody else like that. Or they're going to treat their children like that. A young child sh can't grow up if the adult hasn't grown up either. And I know, I sound a little more harsh than you. but No, but, but to, you know, to be fair, I'm not disagreeing with you. To be fair, I want to make it clear. Um, I, when I say I understand... There's a definite, and I say I have compassion. There's a difference between having compassion and understanding, and agreeing. It, I, I am, I'm more or less taking your stance. It's that I can logically piece together why they're doing it from an emotional standpoint, and I still think it's wrong. But at least I can say, oh, I see how you know peg A is slit fitting into slot B. Um, it's not that I approve, though. To to be really clear, well, you know. I, I come from a place of experience. I've raised five children. Many, uh, m the majority of them who are grown up now. And I could march them in here right now. And they, they will tell you that my dad has never broken a promise to us. And it's not because I'm better. It's not because I'm better than you or better than the, even, even better than the parent in your example. But it's because it's not my job to worry about whether my kids like me or not. They're stuck with me. <laughs> they're, they're stuck with me for a minute amount of time. And as long as I'm not abusing them, as long as I'm not hurting them, as long as I'm feeding them, sheltering them, protecting them, clothing them, all this good stuff, schooling them, I, I, don't, I don't have to worry about them liking me. But I also need my children to understand what disappointment feels like. And I need them to understand what it means to, or, or how it feels to not get your way, for example. So with that example uh, of the child going to the fair, I, I've had that very question come up a million times in the last 20 plus years. From one child or the other. Can we go to the zoo this weekend? Can we go to the fair this weekend? You know, I'd really love to, but um, I have to work. I have to keep a roof over your head, is usually what I say. And it's true. But any time that I've ever told them, yes, we're going, we go. We go. We, there's no, you know, 
if something comes up to where I may have to break that promise, I don't break the promise. I tell the other thing or the other person or whatever, sorry, I already made plans. Sorry, I promised my kids. And anybody that knows me on a personal level, they'll vouch for that. Sorry, I made plans. Sorry, my, my kids come first. I made them a promise. My wife could vouch for it. I promise her something. It is done. It's set in stone. Now, again, again, I want to say that doesn't make me better. It just, and it doesn't make me put me on some moral high ground other than somebody else. And I'll, and, and I'll explain to you why this is important here in a second, Charles. And, and, and you're going to be like, you son of a bitch. I, I promise you, you're going to give me that look that's like, damn it, Justin. It doesn't put me on this pedestal above anybody else. However, I don't think that lying or, or giving people false hope is a good thing for someone in our path to do. It doesn't matter if it's a child parent. doesn't matter if it's a brother or sister. doesn't matter if it's a, you know, a, a partner. It doesn't matter if it's a co-worker, your boss, whoever. It doesn't matter. You should never knowingly, falsely give someone hope that you know for a fact is not true. Because that, in the end, will destroy your credibility with that person. And you may need that person to pick you up someday. You may have your, you may be flat on your back and put your hand out for this person to grab you and pull you up and you've lost all credibility with them. Now, I'll tell you why this is important, Charles. I'll give you some more context. I've been feeding you this context purposely, little by little. The friends, friends have done this. Uh, you know, uh, school kids have done this. Their, their father has done this. But can you imagine how this kid would be if they were actually raised by that piece of crap? If they were actually raised by that person who lied to them constantly, blew them off constantly, not, not, only, from a, not only from a point of them being of age, but their entire freaking life. Now, here's the kicker. The reason it's a problem is because this kid was raised by somebody who never lied, was raised by somebody who never broke promises, was raised by somebody who always said, if you have nothing else in this world, you always have your word. You will always have your integrity, something they can't never take from you. It's only something you can give away. Now, empathetically place yourself in the shoes of that person who is in a situation like that. Well, I not disagreeing with you, that's for sure. You know, the problem with this situation, and you know, you hit back on the nature of, is it right for the parent to do it? And like I said, there, my thing is, I always gauge right and wrong by the level of whether or not I can understand the person doing something. Um, what I mean by that is there are wrongs in which I will disconnect from you or toss you out of my life. And then there are wrongs for which they've earned an ass whooping. And I don't mean a verbal beatdown. I mean, like, I have a polypropylene staff, a uh, polytherine, rather, is the proper term, that is pretty much indestructible and will shatter bone on one hit. And there's a reason I own something like that, because it's useful to me. And an ass whooping is an ass whooping, and it can be warranted. And when I say that I can understand where someone's coming from, 
it means that I'm not having the urge to draw a weapon upon them and beat them half to death. Whereas when I don't understand where someone's coming from, um, it's, it's conscious effort and it's a recognition that the law was protecting them at that moment. Um, that if there was no law in a different world, I would definitely do some violence. And there are a lot of, a lot of dishonesties that I would do violence over. But in this instance, I feel bad for the kids more than anything. I, I feel bad for any child that was raised in an environment where they learned to make promises they couldn't keep. You know, I feel bad for a child that is used to the word being a solid thing or even a near solid thing, for, which is most people's case, you know. And then seeing that shatter around them. I still think there's a time and a place to break an oath. But there's also a time and a place to not make an oath. And you certainly shouldn't be making oaths you know you're not going to keep. You, uh, in hitting on all this, actually really uh, hit something that I've had to witness. I worked retail for a really long time. You know this. I worked 15 years at a grocery store. Oh my God, you know what? I don't work retail anymore. I can, I can tell people I worked at a grocery store. I don't have to be like, I worked retail. Um, because, you know, if they were tracing my records back, now they could figure out where it was at. You know, whereas retail could have been like a number of places. And I really don't care if anyone figures out. I'm not going to say anything bad about the company or even mention it because there were some good times, you know. But I can tell you for a fact, any number of times... We had workers that were scheduled off and had made plans with their family, and they got called in. And I've heard a boss say, well, look, I understand you made plans with your family and you promised. So you should also let your family know that you'll be looking for another job after this week. We really don't need you that bad. And we need you tonight, but we won't need you tomorrow night. And in the harshness of the world especially in the town that I lived in where the unemployment rate was so high that no, if, if the unemployment rate for the nation had been what the unemployment rate for that town was, the president would have been removed from office just for not having fixed this yet. That's how bad that town was. You're sitting there and you're looking at that and you've got to choose a lesser of two evils. If you know you can't get another job, you know the bills come and due, or the bills are past due. You suck it up and you deal with it. But there's a big difference between that and knowing you're scheduled to go in at 9 in the morning and being like, yeah, I'll take you to the fair at 10. There's a really big difference there. And some people just do it out of habit. They lie because they say what they want to believe could be true. And those people don't really have any value. But that's what soul gems are for. What soul gems are for? But you have to have. <laughs> That's going to be our new catchphrase. Yeah, but you have to have the spell. Don't forget, get it early because you're going to need it a lot, especially in this world. Romantically, these things. This goes back to to the romantic parts of this path. No matter which little road this path takes, and I mean, at the base, we're all kind of the same. These light-oriented warrior, you know, type pass. And I really hate, I, I don't know how to say that, but, you know, that's the closest I can come. You're right. Stuff does come up, very important stuff. And believe me, I've, I've seen those things too where people are like, well, you don't know, you can go ahead and go to the zoo, but um, I'm going to fire you. Or at the very least, I'm going to make your life miserable. 
for the rest of your time here where you'll want to leave. However, this also goes back, goes circles back to the realistic expectations. Look, this is not all or nothing for the person giving their word. This goes back to, you know, as you said, the honorable do not deal with the dishonorable. Well, majority of the time, when we're giving people our word, we're dealing with, with people in our lives. And this is where it becomes real, right? We're dealing with people in our lives. Whether they were put there by birth, whether we were put there by oaths, as in marriage or some other ceremony, whether they were put there genetically, there's still a realistic expectation that has to be understood because this is not a romantic story. This is not a romantic novel. This is life. This is the real world. That big piece of hunk of rock that's hurling through space. Okay? The person giving their word is not the only person on the hook here. Right? And it's, it's not so much that, oh, this person broke their word or broke their promise. Um, they are the scummiest of the scum because again you have to have realistic expectations not only coming from the person giving their word but the, from the person the receiving the word because there has to be an understanding that when I give you my word when I say uh, we're going to go here tomorrow I know last week I told you that I had to work and we couldn't go but I didn't tell you that we were going to go I told you that We'll, we'll try again next week or we'll try again later type of thing. And you make the plans and as you said, you know, you get called in. I work in a job. My uh, um, call-ins are mandatory. If I get called into work, it's because Armageddon has probably hit somewhere. Because I work in a very quiet community. So if I get called in uh, on the fly, something bad has happened. Really bad, okay? Um, the community caught on fire or something. All right. At that point, I'm going to say, uh, let's use my children as an example. I'm going to say to them, look, I know I promised you, but this is what's going on up there. And I have to go. I have to go up there. We will keep trying. I give you my word that we will keep trying to get to, you know, whatever it is, the zoo, whatever, the park, you know. Um, and if if those kids understand that expectation that you know part of this is on them and this is not just for the kids my kids are easy to deal with because i've raised them right i've raised them to understand these things but sometimes grown-ups have trouble realizing this stuff so you know if if you're on the receiving end of somebody's word and you're on the receiving end of someone's promise and they let you down don't don't hold it so hard against them because stuff happens there's an expectation on you to also understand, to be understanding. You know, and that goes back to what you're saying, that this comes back to realistic expectations. And I was kind of poking an atom there a little bit um, in the comments. But, you know, I was just kind of trying to play devil's advocate a little bit. Because at the heart of this is these understood realistic expectations between person A and person B. And if those, if those realistic expectations are not there, then everybody's going to be disappointed. But that's not your fault. <laughs> that's on them. If, if they can't keep, uh, you know, if someone can't keep realistic expectations on you, then that, that, that can't be held to you.
that can't be you know held against you you know one thing i want to hit on with this too um we always as you said you gave very little information at the start of this and it's progressed and uh, as always with these hypotheticals there's a douche somewhere that needs a soul gem um, I knew they were out there, but I, I, I played some devil's advocate myself partially because a lot of the times in my experience, the question of someone's word comes down to the, I'm going to hold you to an oath. That's very important to me without you knowing what it's going to be first, but I need your word on it. And these scenarios always start out with the statement. Well, I need to talk to you about something. It's always something. The person will never tell you what it is. But I need your word that it stays between us. I've taken to telling people, I'm like, well, um, I can I can promise to keep it between us, you know, up to a degree. And they're like, what do you mean to a degree? I'm like, well, if it's going to endanger someone's life. But even then, I don't always say to a degree because if it is that risky, then I might need to know to solve the problem. So anymore at this point, I'm just like, yeah, whatever, what's up? And that may sound very dishonorable, and maybe it is. Um, but the fact that someone can ask you to be held to that, knowing that it's placing dishonor upon you and your own moral system to hold to this ideal, they're going to do this terrible thing, you know? They're, they're, they're going to they're gonna butch their kids and turn them into hot dogs, you know? They just bought the meat grinder yesterday and they wanted your opinion on the seasoning to put in. Um, at that point, I'm going to go full blast. I'm going to do everything I can to stop it. Well, that's an extreme one, but maybe the person is going to run out on their wife and kids and take all the money and go. That is something that that's realistic. You know, that's, I haven't dealt with that one specifically, but it's realistic enough. You know, your buddy calls you up and he says that, you know, at that point, I'm going to try to talk them out of it. I'm going to do everything I can to stop them. But if I seriously suspect that, you know, this is the sole income for a family and that, you know, two or three little kids are going to go hungry because this jackass decided to do this and got my word on it first, you know, my word didn't weigh that much before when I was carrying it. And my dishonor won't weigh that much either. It won't slow me down for having broke it. And that sounds so cavalier on it. It sounds like I'm just tossing my word away. But the thing is, I've sworn oaths prior to that. And at that point, that person is very dishonorable for having asked me to step into that situation. I don't even know how they think they knew who I was at that point. It's like, who the f*** do they think I am? Um, what you have done is inadvertently uh, took us to another point of this where you don't seem like such a bad guy or a dishonorable guy. Because with the example that you have provided, I would say to you that now it's not about your honor as much as it is about your reputation versus your character. Your character is that thing made by you. You have built this thing over a lifetime by all these old oaths and promises and actions and all these things that you have put into building your character, which is what people should be judging you based upon not not the fact that you dimed them out because they were uh getting ready to hurt somebody you know <laughs> your character 
is more important than your reputation. And your your example was perfect because by ratting by diamond out your friend, you are risking your reputation with him. Yeah. However, that reputation means dick when it comes to people being potentially hurt. Uh, like the small children in your example, they may go hungry. Your character, the person you are, at your very core, that's made up of all the stuff in the whole world that you have built, is what will define you. And the by the very act of trying to first talk the person out of it, tell them, hey man, it's not that bad, don't do that to your kids, don't do that to your wife, to... I'm telling on you. I'm calling your wife right now. <laughs> and I'm I'm ratting you out because you're you're bad dude you right now, dude. You're you're making bad decisions. You may ruin your reputation with that person, but your character is made stronger by that. Regardless of whether you are honoring your word or not. Right? So well, I I totally agree and that's the point of view I come from. The thing is Generally speaking, my word is good. And what I mean by that is that anyone who, anyone who's done business with me, anyone who knows me, anyone who's my friend knows that I do my very best to fulfill my word. Um, it's just who I am, what I do. But at the same time, I recognize that the value of my word has an upper limit versus the harsh realities of physical events. And what I mean by that is your word is a statement of potential as to what you will either attempt to do, fulfill doing, or not do in a given situation. Whereas the harsh reality is the result of any of those actions. And when you give your word, you don't always know the result of the actions. It's kind of like the whole take your kids to the zoo. Yeah, but the, the lions are out. Okay, someone left the cage open. The reason you're being called into work is because someone has to put the lions back, Justin, and it's going to be you. <laughs> you know it is. And they, because you're scarier than the lions, they figure you can get them back in the cages. The problem with taking the kids to the zoo and telling, you know, work to call someone else in for this is even if they did call someone else in, you're still taking the kids, you know, to see the lions, to, to feed the lions, possibly. Which is even worse. And you know that with the repercussion being what it will be, that it's better to lose a little face and save complete honor, as it were. And this is where we mesh all of these concepts like honor into the same thing, where they used to be used to have what was called face. And then you were you could save face by either performing an atonement for things you did wrong or doing things to make certain that you seem to be in the right or look better for your actions as a public thing, which is where oaths and words come into play in a lot of ways. But honor was something more. It was something deeper. And it's cultural. Like the Japanese concept of honor is all about face. It is only about face. So if you told, you, if you told your kids you were taking them to see the lions – then they better run fast when they get there because you had given, and especially feudal Japan, you know, your word was your word and the repercussions be damned. That is a very, very, very Eastern mind frame. 
And it is one that got dropped hundreds of years ago because it's not functional for providing a better society, a safer society, and for protecting life, property, and the pursuit of happiness, I suppose. But there was a time where that was the honor. There are still people out there that hold that honor code where if you ask them to not let anyone know that you were about to do a terrible thing and they said, Oh, I agree. I will let no one know. They, they do it. And the worst part is, um, I've been that guy and I've even been that guy not too long ago. I can't talk about the, uh, the specifics of it. Uh, anyone real close to me will know them, but I was asked by someone to hold some information from someone else because they were planning to do some things. And I found out that, their side of the story was untruthful, wildly untruthful. And the result was that before it was all said and done, I'm still holding to my oath, no matter how shitty I think it is. And then I find out the repercussions. I finally break the oath because I I see the other repercussions. I find out that the entire basis for the oath, this is happening and I need you to do this. Oh, none of that was happening. And they really didn't, you know, need me to hold the oath for protection of their life. That was definitely certain. But I had to reach that point. And looking at myself holding an oath that had no value, even though it rubbed me wrong to do so because I had sworn, it really, it made me think about it. There's still a majorly huge difference between making promises you know you can't keep and keeping promises you know you shouldn't. And I look at it like this. Don't make promises you know you can't keep, but if you've made a promise you know you shouldn't, break it hard and fast. Doing what is right is better than being right. Doing what is good is better than being right with yourself. And being able to say, my personal honor remains intact. Screw your personal honor. Your personal honor won't mean anything at the end of the day if people are dying from it. But that's my view. And you've more or less, you know, set down very, very much the same or similar things. I think it's kind of amazing that so many of us have been lied to. (laughs) So many of us have been lied to that when this was brought up with no other information, basically Justin gets up there like, y'all hate liars. Yeah. You know, Um, that the response was this overwhelming you know, but burn the uh, burn the liar, burn the heretic, and I think that's interesting as well. That just shows how many people don't value their word and how negative an impact it's had on us who do look more introspectively and do value our words. It it shows what the world's become because there was a time where this conversation, the very first thing someone would have thought was, well, well, why would I why would I be uh, going back on my word? That's a very strange thing for me to do. You would think a man wouldn't have to go back on his word as a rule. And now we've all had people go back on their word so often that our first response is hang them, hang them high and light them on fire and get a soul gem ready. At the end of the day for me, this comes, this certainly comes down to reputation versus character because everything, everything a person that walks this path is doing is character building. They may not realize it, you know, you're, you're, you're building character, 
by following whatever virtues or agreements that you're following, whatever oaths you're taking, they are not for the sake of your reputation. They're for the sake of your character. And if you have to break a promise, if you have to break an oath, if you're a good person, you're doing so at the sake of your character versus the sake of your reputation. This path that we're on and the similar paths that follow us and listen to us ramble on and talk about soul gems or even being a decent person, it's not easy. It's never easy. It's not supposed to be easy. You know, standing up for your character and being true to your word at the expense of your reputation, it's going to be hard and it's supposed to be hard talking about this uh, now for a half hour at least um, about keeping our expectations real because the path we walk has to be walked in this real world in this real life i will say this concepts like honor and integrity and these ideals that we hold to are very loose things they're ways that we define ourselves that help us define how we're going to interact with the world around us. What we should be focusing on more than anything is internal contemplation and setting a course of who we want to be and how we want to be that. And through that internal contemplation, really focusing on how to alter our own actions to get from point A to point B. I think that's maybe the most important thing any of us can do. When you do that, you're going to find that you start matching up with your codes of conduct and your codes of honor intuitively. That the question of whether or not you're going to honor your word is more of one where it is a given that you will outside of special circumstances. And that more often than not, you'll strive to avoid those special circumstances by making sure that you don't give your word or if you prefer your oath to an action. That said, we must always remember that we change over time. And the person that gave the oath is not always the person, especially long-term oaths, that is keeping the oath years later. And this is something I've noticed, especially within nightly communities where we have oaths to organizations and orders, and then the orders become bad or the organizations go bad. You have to question if... Where you gave your oath, that place is even the same one you joined up and gave the oath to. Or if you're the same person who gave that oath. And there is no shame in taking back an oath on occasion when the circumstances, the people involved, the events around it have changed. But there is great shame in giving oaths so often that you're getting solicited from car dealerships to sell their cars. Not that if you're a car dealer that you're necessarily a bad person, but it is a nifty stereotype to use for the joke. Realistically speaking, if you've given so many oaths that your word has no value, then you have no value to your word. You're better off to no longer give oaths at all because no one's going to take them seriously anyway. And the only thing you're doing is giving people more reason to be angry at you. If you've reached that point where your word has lost its meaning, then hold your word. And maybe over time, holding your word 
you'll find a way to regain it. Maybe over time it'll have value again, if that's what you're aiming for. Now, if you're just a manipulative SOB who likes to get what they want by offering false promises, I think my last words for you are soul gem. Way, way soul gem. <laughs> a knight is loyal to their ideas and is loyal to doing what is right and just. A knight is someone who stands for an idea, loyal to the betterment of themselves and those around them. Understanding that loyalty is a virtue, it must be used with temperament. Changing an ideal is key in growth, which is why the knight is always on guard for when an ideal, a person, or an order no longer serves its purpose. That kind of sums up what, what you said there, and I really do believe that. I, uh, I didn't even know you were going to use that's the worst part. I just looked at so many knight communities that I've seen rise and become detrimental. And I thought, man, we better at least make a note on this. Because, you know, I've left communities where I swore an oath. And I looked over and said, we are not holding to the standard we set. We're not holding to the oaths that we took. If I hold to this oath, I lose my honor. I lose my dignity. I lose my word having value because I'm associated with this. And And uh, a lot of people don't like that I say it that way. But, you know, it's true. And you damage your character. Yep. I damaged something. I damaged my soul at that point. Yeah. We're going to end the show with this. I've been talking for two hours almost straight. No breaks. If you listen to this, we took no breaks today. We're going to end the show with Ashla Axiom number 71, which ties in beautifully. If a relationship is to succeed, one must be gracious yet firm. And my thoughts on this are as follows. Loving without fear allows us to experience freedom within a relationship. We don't have fences and walls built around ourselves and our other half. Instead, you are bound by mutual agreements that each person chose to abide by freely, by choice, rather than by expectation. We love you all very much. And until next time, awaken the night within.